Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. And as we get started, I just want to give you a thought this morning or this afternoon, uh, whatever time of day it is, I just want to uh, give you this thought. And tell you, if you're like me, uh, then you don't like being um, you don't like being quarantined, uh, but you also don't like being left out. Um, I I don't like being left out at all. And actually, my daughter and I we are exactly the same in this, in the fact that neither one of us want to be left out of anything. If there's a conversation going on, and there's five people in the room, and I find a conversation with four going on, and I'm the fifth person, I'm going to gravitate to that conversation. I want to know what they're talking about. I want to know what's going on. Not that I'm nosy. I just like people and like being out. I know Lena, my daughter, she is the exact same way. If there's kids playing in the neighborhood, uh, she's going to be like, hey, mom, there's kids playing. Can I go play with them? I don't want to be left out of the fun that's taking place. And she's the type that when it's, when it's time for bed and uh, you know, you're staying up late, Lena's like, well, I want to be be the last person in bed. I don't want to miss any of the excitement. I don't want to miss any of the fun. I want to know exactly what's going on. And you know what? I am the exact same way. I do not like to be left out of something. If there's something good, I want to know about it. If there's something good going on, I want to be a part of it. And I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ is the exact same way with your life. Regarding the resurrection, Jesus doesn't want you to be left out. He doesn't want any of us to be left out of the goodness of the resurrection and the hope that it can bring. He desires that every single person on the face of the planet, uh, from from beginning of the, the creation until the end, he wants every single one of us to know the hope that he brings through the resurrection. And that's where we're going to spend just a few time, a few minutes discussing uh, today is understanding that he wants every single one of us to walk and live in hope. We're going to go this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. If you have a Bible at home and you want to look it up, you can do that, or you can just pay attention to the screen. Some of the verses will be coming up today. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse number 19, going all the way down to verse number 22, we read these words. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. I love these verses. And what we're going to do is we're just going to take the next few moments And help each one of us understand from this portion of scripture as well as many other places why the resurrection matters in our life so much. And the fact that Jesus Christ desires that every single one of us would find hope, joy, peace, and forgiveness because of what the resurrection is to each one of us. And so I'm going to pray again. I know we've already prayed this morning or this afternoon. Let's just pray again and ask the Lord to help us and speak to our hearts right now. Dear God, I thank you for the day. Lord, thank you so much that we can celebrate the resurrection. Thank you so much that this is a truth that we know. And Father, I pray that as we get into the word of God, 
I ask you that you would help every single one of us to tune in, to realize today that you do not want us to be left on the outside looking in. You don't want us to go through this life without knowing the hope that you can bring. Father, I pray that you'd capture our attention right now as we get into your word and that you would use it to speak to every single one of us. God, there's some watching today that maybe are going through some difficulties and challenges, whether it's health or financial or in relationship. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they see the hope that they can have because of you, because of the risen Savior. We love you, we commit this time to you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Today, as we're reminded of Jesus Christ, of his death, of his burial and resurrection, we really want to know just what's significant about it and why it should matter to us. In order to help us with this today, I just want to give you a few thoughts. First of all, I want us to understand who Jesus is. If, this, if the resurrection is going to be significant, we've got to know who Jesus is. And the Bible is very clear to us in a number of places, but probably one of the most well-known verses in all of Scripture is John three sixteen, where it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The phrasing there that God gave his only begotten son. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God's Son. Jesus is, in fact, he is God in the flesh. Jesus, he was born miraculously to a virgin. We celebrate that at Christmas, but he was born miraculously. He lived a perfect and a sinless life. Why did he do that? How could he do that? Because he was God in the flesh. He was God's only begotten son. The Bible actually records for us that Jesus never said a bad word, never had a bad thought. It says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that Jesus knew no sin. So he was God in the flesh, and he is God in the flesh, the very Son of God. That's who Jesus is, but the resurrection is not only significant because of who Jesus is, but it's also significant because of what Jesus did. It's significant because of what led up to the resurrection. You see, not only did Jesus live a perfect life, but while he was upon this earth, He went around performing many miracles and teaching many uh, life-altering truths, but the most important work that Jesus did outside of the resurrection was when he gave his life and died upon a cross. You see, after Jesus had been alive for 33 years, after all of the miracles that he did, all of the lessons that he taught, the Bible, the, the Word of God teaches that he then laid down his life on the cross. And the reason that he died, the reason that he gave up everything, was for me and for you. Romans 5, 8, it says this, but God commendeth, or God demonstrated, or gave his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love those last four words because that really explains completely why Jesus died. Christ Jesus, he died for us. Well, why do you have to die for us? Well, because of our sin. You see, every single person is Ever, every single person ever created is created and born into sin. We have all sinned against God. Romans 3.10, it says this, As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none righteous. It says in other places in Scripture, for all have sinned. If you've attended the church at Moses Lake Baptist, you've heard me say this before, uh, and my kids are here today, but 
uh, just with the few that are here. And uh, you know what? One thing about my kids, I never had to teach them how to sin. Like I never had to sit them down and say, all right, now here's how you tell a lie. Here's how you disobey. Uh, I, most of you parents out there, you probably know that you don't have to teach it. Most every one of us, our parents didn't have to teach us. We knew. Why? Because we're born into sin. We're all sinners, and because of our sin, we come short of the glory of God. There is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to obtain righteousness or forgiveness or a relationship with God. There's nothing that we can do, and that's the reason that Jesus died on the cross. He died upon the cross in our place. The Word of God teaches that when he was on the cross, he actually took all of the sin of all of the world and put it upon him. He died as our sacrifice. He died in my place and in your place. One man said it this way, that the full fury of sin was poured out upon him in that moment. Man, when Jesus hung on that cross, it says that he became sin for us. He who knew no sin put all of our sin upon his shoulders. And sin literally spent itself killing Jesus Christ in your place and in my place. But the awesome truth and what we're here to celebrate today is the fact that while he was on the cross, while that crown of thorns was put on his head and after he had been beaten by the Roman soldiers and that blood had been shed and he had endured uh, all of that, the scripture teaches that on that cross, he mumbled three words. He spoke them. Three words were this, it is finished. It is finished. Well, what was finished? The death, the sacrifice needed for the sins of the world. You see, he had been teaching, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to die in your place. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me or except through me. He took our sin upon upon the cross. He died in my place. He took the full force of sin and died. But the story doesn't stop there. The story continues understanding that he came out of the grave to prove that sin can't hold him down, to prove that sin and death have no more dominion or no more rule over him. I mean, just think about the sin of your own life being put upon Jesus, and yet the Bible says that multiply that by billions and billions, sin of all humanity was placed on Jesus, and when sin had spent that fury on him, he came out of the grave alive, and his resurrection proves that he is the very son of of God, who Jesus is. He's God's son. He is God in the flesh. What Jesus did, he performed miracles. He lived a perfect, sinless life, but then he died upon the cross for our sin, and he rose again to prove that he is the Christ. But notice with me also today that why Jesus matters. Not only who Jesus is and what Jesus did, but why does all of this matter? That's where we get into these verses in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 was written by a man. His name was Paul. Paul, whose name was Saul of Tarsus, he was a persecutor against the early Christians and against God in the name of Jesus. 
But the scripture tells us that he turned his life, he, he ended up meeting Jesus and believing upon Jesus and turned his, God turned his life around and Paul the perse- Saul the persecutor became, became Paul the preacher and he became one who would start many churches and reach many people with the message of Jesus. And he's writing to a church of believers at Corinth and he's writing to them about why the resurrection matters. You see, if we were to go and discover the context of this passage, we would know that there were people saying, no, the resurrection doesn't take place. No, you can't rise from the dead. No, there is no afterlife. And they were teaching all these false teachings. And Paul writes to the church and says, hey, no, listen, the resurrection's real and Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It's, it's living, he is living proof that there is an afterlife. And what Jesus taught is completely true. But I want you to notice with me, why Paul, he, he writes why the resurrection matters, why Jesus matters in all of this. In verse number 14, he says this, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also vain. He's saying this, okay, all right, let's, let's have this discussion. Let's say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Let's say that, that Jesus wasn't the son of God, that what he did didn't matter, Let's say that it didn't take place. What would that mean? Well, number one, it would mean that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it'd mean that the word of God is a lie and that faith is faith in God is pointless. That's what he's saying. If Christ be not risen from the dead, then our preaching, what we give to you, the word of God, listen, me as a preacher, what I do is pointless if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Me trying to encourage people, hey, trust God. Hey, reach out and and believe in God and receive God. Every person who believes the Bible and has faith, it's pointless. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if the tomb still has a body in it or that body is somewhere else and Jesus is decayed and gone, and then everything we believe, it's empty and there is no point in it. Why? Because we would be placing our faith and our trust in somebody who lied and didn't fulfill the word of God and rise from the dead. Hey, Paul, if the, Paul says, if the, if the resurrection didn't happen, then preaching's in vain, and you trusting in God, it's in vain. Well, what else, why else does it matter? Paul would continue, verse 15. He says, yea, I continue, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So Paul continues, all right, let's just keep this going. If, if the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, preaching's in vain, faith is in vain, and when he says we are found false witnesses, he's talking about all those early disciples, all the apostles. They're a bunch of liars. They're all phonies. They're all fakes. Hey, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, they all gave their life in vain. We know that 11 of the 12 apostles uh, gave their own life, excluding Judas. 11 of 12 of them uh, gave their own life because of what they believed. John is the only one that didn't suffer death at the hands of, uh, of martyrdom of other people killing him for his faith. And so Paul is writing and saying, hey, if what we have is, is not real and Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then we're all a bunch of liars. We're a bunch of phonies. We're a bunch of fakes. Why? Because we've testified that he did raise from the dead. But if he didn't, then it's all completely vain. 
And if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then anyone who ever teaches or preaches that he did, they, were e- they are either the world's greatest con men or they are clinically insane. That's what Paul's writing. Hey, if Jesus didn't rise, preaching is in vain. Faith is in vain. All the apostles and preachers that have gone before, they're all in vain. He continues, verse number 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. He already talked about that. But look at the next phrase. Ye are yet in your sins. Hey, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, there is no forgiveness of sins. You can't be made right with God because Jesus said he was the only way that you and I could earn eternal life or the only way that we could be restored. You see, our sin separates us from God, and Jesus was the bridge to bring that relationship back together. But if he didn't raise from the dead, then that means that sin, when it went on him on the cross, it means that sin had the last word. It means that sin won. And so if you and I, if the, or excuse me, if the resurrection's not true, then every single person will spend eternity in hell because there's no way to God. But Paul's writing here and he's helping us understand, but I want to show you that the resurrection is real. But before he gets to that, notice one more reason. One more thing in his discussion, Paul's saying, all right, if the resurrection didn't happen, then preaching is vain, faith is vain, the apostles are liars, you're still in your sin, and then notice what he says in verse number 19. He says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Paul says this, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then Christians are the most pitiful people in all the world. That's what what the verse says. We are of all men the most miserable, the most pitiful, the most to be pitied. Why? Because Christians are hoping in a false, dead, and lying Savior if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. You see, but all of this is why the resurrection matters. Everything we believe is built upon, everything the Bible teaches, it's built upon the foundational truth that Jesus was the Son of God. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for my sin, and then sin couldn't hold him down. No, Paul continues, and he says this, but now, hey, I've got a great truth for you. Hey, I've got a great hope for you. Hey, the resurrection is real, but now is Christ risen from the dead? Hey, he really did rise from the dead, so you preach. Preaching isn't vain. Faith isn't vain. The word of God is real. God, uh, the apostles who preached it, they are speaking truth. You can have forgiveness of sins. And so Paul is just getting to this thought. The, the, the resurrection of Jesus, it completely matters. He says, hey, you don't need to think about what if it isn't true because it is true. Man, that's a good truth. That's a good thought today. Paul had already said about the the, uh, uh, um, the resurrection, he had said these words, recounting it. He said, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He was seen of Cephas or Peter and then of the 12. After that, he was seen of above 500. Paul is writing saying, hey, there are actual witnesses that have uh, uh, eyesight, that they have validated proof. Hey, we saw Jesus. He really did rise from the dead. You see, 
The resurrection is true, and so what that means is that Jesus Christ, he is the perfect, sinless Son of God that came to the earth, that died for our sins, and then rose again to prove who he was and what he said. We look at who Jesus, what, or excuse me, who Jesus is and what Jesus did and why Jesus matters. But I want to close today by looking at this thought, and that's what Jesus offers. You see, all of that matters. We might look at that and say, okay, all right, I, I see that. I believe that Jesus was the Son of God or is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose again. I see that it matters. But what does it mean for you and me? And this is where we get back to the truth that we looked at a few minutes ago. The fact that he doesn't want us to be left out. He wants you to know, he wants me to know why it matters in your life and my life. Notice our passage where we were at in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just a couple of verses. This is written. For since by man came death, excuse me, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Basically what Paul is writing here is that all of the negative that sin and all of the death that sin brings upon man, Jesus and the resurrection restores or makes right. Sin and our nature from Adam, that brings death, but Jesus and the resurrection bring life. And this is where we find some hope. Since the resurrection is true, and since Jesus is the Son of God, and since what he taught is true, he offers his truth to anyone who will receive him. So what does he offer us through the resurrection? What does he offer us through his life? Well, number one, he offers us forgiveness. Man, there can be forgiveness for sins. You see, every single one of us, we are born sinners, and we need to be restored and have a, better, have, a, have a relationship with God. We are separated from God when we're born, but God didn't want it that way. God didn't intend it that way. God created us, but he didn't create us as puppets where he's going to dictate our life. No, he gave us free will. He gave us choice to choose. And what he says is, I want to offer you to choose forgiveness. I want to offer you to receive forgiveness. And you see, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we can have forgiveness. Ephesians 1.7, it says, speaking of Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his glory, or of his grace. When Jesus died on the cross, he was saying, I'm dying in your place, and I'm offering you forgiveness. Man, I can have forgiveness. I can be made right with God. What else does he offer us? He offers us forgiveness, but he also offers us peace. The peace with God and the peace of God. In Romans 5.1, it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus that we can have peace with God. It's only through Jesus that we can be forgiven and have a restored relationship with God. It's only through Jesus that we can become the adopted child of God. He offers forgiveness. He offers peace. He offers joy. Man, I am so thankful today that Jesus said this in John 15, 11. He said, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You see, Jesus did not come just to bring temporary happiness. 
There's a lot of people, they'll teach that. Oh, Jesus came so that you could just have happiness. No, Jesus came so that I could have true joy through any circumstance. Why? Because I know he's in control. Maybe you're out watching today and maybe you've seen somebody and you think, How? we're going through this coronavirus quarantine. We're watching, I'm going through this. Why is that person always joyful? Why are they always happy? I was walking through the grocery store the other day and I was just whistling, just walking along, kind of whistling. And you know what I, you know what I noticed? I mean, that's what I normally do. Just kind of go through my life and enjoy life. And I was walking along and people are looking at me. Looking at me like, hey, aren't you supposed to know? You're supposed to... Walk around and be mopey. You're supposed to walk around and be pitiful and be down. I mean, we're in quarantine. And I was just walking around whistling. I got in the car and I thought, man, I'm so thankful for the joy of Jesus. I'm so thankful. Why? Because I, I'm not worried about this. Now, should we, should we have caution? Yes. Should we take some precautions? Yes. But you know what? God's in control of it. But that joy isn't because of me. That joy is because of God in me. And today, Jesus came, he, and he offers us forgiveness and peace and joy, but he also, he also offers us eternal life. You see, every single person is going to spend eternity somewhere, heaven or hell. Every one of us spend eternity in heaven or in hell. And the Bible says this in 1 John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If I have Jesus, I have eternal life with God. If I don't have Jesus, I will spend eternity separated from God. Jesus is the only one that can give us eternal life in heaven. And Jesus also offers us real hope. He offers us real hope. The word of God teaches in multiple places in Colossians 1.27, which is in Christ, uh, which, is in, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hebrews 6.19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. 1 Peter 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope, a living hope, by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. You see, we can have that earnest expectation. The word hope isn't like, ooh, I really hope it happens. The word hope in scripture, it means I know it's going to happen. Man, I have an earnest expectation. I know that God is real. I know that the scriptures are true. I know that I am forgiven and made right with God, but all of that is made possible because of the resurrection. And so today what Jesus offers you and me is complete forgiveness, a relationship with God which brings peace and joy and so much more. He offers eternal life. He offers real hope. And can I tell you this, this today that hope, it's what everyone is looking for. Hope that there is more to this life than what is seen. You see, every single person through life, we seek hope and peace and joy in so many things only to see them, to see them as a, a fading reality. But Jesus, he brings a real hope that lasts. And in this world, every single person is looking for hope. A lot of people have lost hope. They travel through life in despair. And mankind, we as uh, humans, we kind of look ahead and we can't see anything to change our situation. And so we just kind of grab all we can in the moment to find hope and joy in so many places. My friend, can I tell you today that Jesus Christ, he doesn't want you to have fading hope. He wants you and I to have real hope. He wants us to have real hope. And we can't, man can't live without hope. And that's exactly why Jesus came. That's where his love, his crucifixion and his resurrection come into play. He did all of it so we could have hope. Death is not the end. No, Jesus came to give hope.
And let me tell you today that Jesus Christ wants you to have real hope. He wants you to believe upon him and to trust in him. So why does the resurrection matter? It matters because if it didn't happen, then it's pointless. The Bible's not real. Jesus wasn't true. He was a liar. But the resurrection is true. And the resurrection does matter. Why? Because because of it, we can have real hope. We can have forgiveness. We can have peace, joy. I can have a restored relationship with God. And my friend, that is God's desire for every single person. He wants us to know hope. And today, Jesus can be your Savior. You can have forgiveness for all of your sins. You can be given the hope of eternal life in heaven. You can be given the hope that God is walking with you through life. All you and I have to do is receive Jesus Christ into our life. All we have to do is put our faith and trust in him. Our core trust, who we are, we put it in him completely. Not trusting religion or a church or a baptism or my own good works. No, I turn to God realizing Jesus I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. And I'm traveling through life without hope. And Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God and I put my faith in you. You see, we can't do anything to make ourselves right with God. We can't manufacture real hope. It only comes through Jesus. And so today I wanna give you an opportunity. If you've never received Christ, you don't have that hope, I wanna give you an opportunity to receive that hope. It's not about doing a bunch of things. It's about simply making the decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus alone. Right where you are, the word of God says that all you have to do as a person is to turn your heart to God. Repenting of your sin, God, I know I've sinned and I'm turning to you. And today the Bible teaches that all we have to do to receive Christ is confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart. And so I would ask you, Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe that he was crucified for your sin? Do you believe that he was buried and then he rose again from the dead? Do you believe that he's the Savior? If you believe that, then today the scripture teaches that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. We'll have eternal life. We'll have that forgiveness. And if you believe that at home, you could simply Confess that to Jesus. And right now, where you are, I would encourage you, if you've never turned your heart to God, your core trust to God, I would encourage you to make the decision right now. Right now, you can make that decision by confessing to him that you believe. You could do it maybe like this. You could pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you, and I believe that you took my sin on the cross. I believe that you offer me forgiveness. I believe that you rose from the dead. And Jesus, I'm putting my faith in you alone. Again, it's not that prayer that saves you. It's confessing what you believe in your heart. And so today, if you're out there and you've never put your faith in Jesus, I wanna encourage you again, do that right now. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I've sinned against you and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin, to come into my life and save me. I believe that you are the Savior. I wanna encourage you today that if you made that decision or if you wanna make that decision, do it today. 
I'd like to pray just a, a simple prayer with you. And, but you know what? Before I do that, let me say this. If you're out there today and, and you do know Christ as your Savior, when's the last time you stopped and thanked him for offering you forgiveness, joy, peace, hope, eternal life? I know that as a follower of Jesus, so often I can kind of just go through my life and not reflect on the resurrection, not reflect on the cross, kind of go through my days and only when I kind of hit the bottom, oh man, then now I need the Lord. No, every day should be a day. I don't have to celebrate the resurrection just on Easter Sunday. I can celebrate the resurrection on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, knowing he's alive. And so if you know Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you. Stop going through life as if we don't have hope. Man, we have Jesus. Lift your head up. Be an encouragement. As we heard in testimony earlier, lift your eyes. Man, stop looking at all the situation around us. Instead, realize today, forgiveness belongs to me. I have joy and peace and eternal life. I can have real hope. Why? Because he's real. Because Jesus Christ is real. He truly rose again from the dead. I hope today that you would make a decision. If you don't know Christ, I hope that you'd make the decision to receive him as your savior. If you do know Christ, I hope that you'd make the decision to celebrate the resurrection every day. Stop living with my mind consumed with the world and consumed with what's going on and instead look up and know he is alive and he is real. I'd like to pray with you and then we'll close our service today. Dear Lord, thank you so much for all that you're doing. Thank you, God, for the resurrection that it is real and it is true. And God, I come before you and I ask today, Lord, that you would help everyone who knows you as Savior to live in hope every day. That we would realize we have forgiveness and joy and peace and eternal life and we have real hope because of who you are. God, I pray that as we go uh, through our days and our weeks that you would just help us to live understanding that you are real and we can have that hope. But God, if there's someone here today that does not know you as their Savior, I pray that right now, Lord, that they would choose you, that they would put their faith and trust in you alone. Help them to see that you've come to give real hope, real forgiveness, real peace, and a home in heaven. Father, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for it being real. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to tell you today a couple of things. Number one, if you're with us today and you made the decision to receive Christ as your Savior, listen, based upon the Word of God, you are forgiven. You have eternal life in heaven. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but now you're a child of God going through life with God rather than against Him. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.